Hello and welcome to the Moodle Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode with Chad Outen from My Learning Space. Today we are talking all about AI, its implications, the opportunities in AI, AI bias, everything there is to know about AI and education. To get us started, Chad, why don't you introduce yourself and give us a summary of what you do? G'day, Lucy. Uh, thanks for having me and g'day, listeners. Uh, I'm an educational technologist, uh, an educator at heart. Jeez, I've been working in this space for close on 30 years. Um, my love affair with learning started as a kid in kindergarten. I loved school so much. I eventually went back as a teacher, worked in various schools and universities. And it was then about a colleague introduced me to Moodle in 2003. It was about version, Moodle version 1.3. For me, that was a real light bulb moment. You know, it, it showed me the potential of technology uh, in education. So I registered on Moodle.org, downloaded the software, started playing with it, started contributing to forums, you know, asking questions, giving answers, and attending uh, various Moodle moots. So uh, one thing led to another, and I started up a business called My Learning Space. So I founded it, and uh, I'm currently CEO. We're a workplace learning company, uh, Australia's longest-serving Moodle partner, Australia's first premium partner, and uh, you know we're very proud to partner with a, a wide range of organisations in the corporate, government, education, and not-for-profit sectors to deliver impactful learning to their people. Love that. Okay, that's really interesting. I love that you said what Moodle version that you started with because that seems to be a question that everyone wants to know. They're like, Ooh, when did you come into the fold? Interesting. I'd love to know what is it about Moodle that you love so much? Oh, look, I, I believe its key point of difference is the fact that it's community-driven and it has been from the start. I mean, it started as one man's vision, Martin Dugiamas, you know, over 20 years ago, and he planted this seed you know, the rest of us have nurtured it and, and us being uh, the community, you know, so educators, researchers, developers, end users, partners, cooperated and collaborated to to build this extraordinary software that empowers educators to improve our world. So, you know, it, it, it shows the great strength and potential of humanity when people work together. So I think... Um, you know, Moodle's a, a great success story for open source. It's a great success story for humanity. So I think that's really what sets it apart from, from other software in the market. I'm just going to dive right into AI because it's the kind of hot topic that's trending at the moment in the ed tech world and I guess in, in the world in general. Like everyone seems to want to know what is going to happen, you know. <laughs> Everyone's looking to people like yourself to find out what you think is going to happen. So I'd love to ask you some really big questions. How can AI improve education? The quality of education, the accessibility, what do you think are the opportunities there? I mean, look, I'm super interested in artificial intelligence. I mean, it's it's been bubbling for quite some time and, you know, it's really exploded, hasn't it, in the last year or so. We as end users have something tangible. We've got applications you know, that, that we can use and, and, and harness and see the potential of certainly for education. So, you know, to me, this era feels a little bit like the internet boom in the 1990s where you could sense back then that something was brewing that was going to transform and change the way we live and work and teach and learn. So, look, as far as um, AI is concerned, definitely for, for educators, I see its potential as a mentor for teachers and academics and trainers, you know, in certainly in uh, the generation of ideas and content and media for their, for their courses. 
uh, certainly to help them in the design of curriculum, be it programs or courses or individual learning experiences. And the AI also be able to assist them with the design of assessment and potentially grading and the feedback to, to the learners. For the learners, I mean, they're, they're set to benefit from, from all of this as well for certain. Perhaps the AI, you know, the agent or the assistant or how we how we view it may act in a different role. I think it will be less as a mentor, perhaps more like a tutor that, that will assist learners on, you know, their, their learning journey, certainly in, in the research phase as they're, you know, investigating a topic, um, you know, collecting information and ideas, processing, synthesizing, and, and looking to represent that. Tutoring students on a range of topics, supporting them, certainly outside the typical school or university or workplace, um, you know, calendar or timetable. And the, that AI tutor may assist learners as well with their assessment and feedback as well. So, you know, if students were to submit uh, their ideas or their drafts to the to the AI application, let's say, and, and get timely feedback, and then the learner would be able to go away and iterate and improve on their their final piece of work uh, for submission. So, that, that, I mean, that's a few ways certainly in, in which I can see AI helping us in education as a mentor and as a tutor. Wonderful. And what do you think about AI bias and the potential for AI algorithms to be biased? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, look, it's a real thing for sure. It, it definitely exists. Um, we've got to recognise that. I mean, the, the question is, I mean, I would ask the audience this, I mean, what goes into the massive data sets used to train the AI systems? Well, they're algorithms that you know underlie the the AI applications, and the algorithms are essentially opinions embedded in code. So these massive data sets they're typically scraped from the internet, and you know that's a quick and and cheap process for these big tech companies. But this process, I mean, it's one in which the AI absorbs the biases that inhabit the web and which mirrors society. So, and that includes all the ugliness that's baked in. You know, whether you're talking about uh, gender or racial biases or other forms of uh, injustice or stereotypes or misinformation. So it, it exists in real life, in society, on the web, and certainly in these AI applications. So we've got to recognise that. The scary thing in all of that really, I mean, we as humans, as the AI users, when we use these applications and feedback, you know, we're training the machines to become more intelligent. So, you know, we're part of the problem here potentially, you know, um, in that we're we're perpetuating, reinforcing these biases which exist already on the web and in mirror society. So I think as long as, you know, we're conscious of this, we recognise it as AI users, you know, we've got to be critical in our thinking and evaluation and judgement like we would just in a in everyday society and just as we do in using the internet from day to day. I mean, on the same token, beyond the, the bias in AI, we've got to, we've got to recognise that it may contain misinformation so, you know, the various applications, I mean, ChatGPT is a good example. Um, you know, it's notorious. In fact, on occasions, it's known to hallucinate, lie, and provide false information in response to our text-based prompts. So same thing. It's not always telling the truth. It can't be relied upon as a source of truth. So we need to acknowledge that and uh, not always defer to it. I mean, my concern with, you know, biases and misinformation in AI is that, you know, we if we rely too heavily on it, you know, we're going to get a bit shallow in our in our thinking. So we've got to, you know, maybe certainly use it, but not refer to it as the source of truth. I like to think of it a little bit more like asking a friend a question rather than finding a source of truth. So I think that's a great way of explaining it, like consider it an opinion <laughs> more than the truth. Perfect. 
All right. So there's a lot of talk about social ethical implications of AI on society and technology. So I would love to know what your thoughts are on what the ethical and social implications might be and how we deal with that. Yeah, look, with, with all of this, I mean, the stakes are so high, aren't they? I mean, the, the race is on at the moment to own the future with AI and, and the winner's going to take all. You know? So, I mean, you look at Microsoft, they recently invested over $10 billion in, in open AI, the creators of ChatGPT and, and Dali. And, and this year to date, uh, six major tech companies have amassed something like $4 trillion US dollars in added market value. So we're talking about Microsoft there, Apple, Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google, Amazon, Meta, formerly known as Facebook, and NVIDIA, the, the chip manufacturer. So that's a lot of zeros that they've added to their to the market value this year. And a lot of that can be attributed to recent gains in in AI. You know, it's a, it's a concern. I mean, you know, as I said, my heart's in education and, and this sort of thing keeps me up at night on the same token, it gets me out of bed in the morning, you know. I mean, the fundamental challenge we've got here when you talk about sort of ethics and and society with with AI, I mean, the, the challenge is going to be aligning the objectives and ambitions of business with those of society. Can we line those things up or is there a, a disconnect that we can't reconcile between what business is aiming to achieve through AI and what society wants and needs? Um, that's That's my real concern. So having said that, I mean, we're going to need really strong AI controls to protect humanity. Um, at, at the moment, I mean, there's no rules, there's no regulations, there's no laws that govern AI. So it's a bit like the Wild West. Who's leading the Wild West? Well, there's no surprise it's the tech giants. Um, and, and look, to be honest, to date, none of those companies I just mentioned there before, you know, the market leaders um, have been ethical in their mission. So that's a real concern. And why is that? I mean, their primary motivation is profit, okay? It's profits before people and they're accountable to shareholders who have invested in these companies. My honest thought is we can't entrust um, the future of education of these kind of companies. Um, you know, it's upon us as educators. It's our responsibility to ensure a better future for humanity. And on that that discussion about regulations um, and legislation around AI, there's some that has been proposed in the EU and in other parts of the world to regulate AI. So in some cases, AI may be, may be considered high risk and subject to those strong regulatory requirements. I'd love to know what you think the impact of that regulation might be on education. Well, you're right. I mean, I've been following this one closely. Um, it's, it's good news. I talk about the Wild West and, and, I mean, it looks as though the EU is going to have the world's first comprehensive AI laws. They're currently in draft and yeah, scheduled for approval before the end of this year. Look, as far as education is concerned, I don't think it's going to be classified as high risk. Um, I mean, high risk might be, you know, defence and healthcare, for example, you know, where it's life or death on the line if, um, you know, if, if AI were to make the wrong decision. Um, and, and, you know, certain, certain jobs and occupations um, need to be entrusted and safeguarded by humans, let's be honest. On the same token, as I said there, I mean, algorithmic bias could represent or misrepresent many things. And, and AI is becoming very intelligent very quickly. I mean, a year ago, it had had the IQ of a, a nine-year-old, and now it's smarter than the average adult. You know? So for us as humans, I think the challenge here um, without the regulation is how do we know what's real or fake? That's a real concern. But I, I think it is, you know, an answer to your question, I think it's, it is good news that there's regulation coming sometime soon. So, you know, the genie's out of the bottle is probably the way to think of it. We can't put it back in. So we've got to, we've got to find ways to 
effectively manage and control. Um, and as I mentioned there before, the you know the kind of reconcile, you know, the ambitions of business and those of society here and find a find a fair and reasonable balance. Wonderful. What do you think that the most significant positive impact of AI will be on education? Is there any one thing that stands out to you that you think will just be incredible for educators or for learning in general? For educators, AI has the potential to improve the quality of education through, uh, you know, the generation of content and media. I mean, you know, geez, it's going to reduce the time and the cost involved in designing learning experiences. So that essentially liberates, you know, it frees up the educator to focus on more human interactions with their learners and and more personalised facilitation of learning. I think that's a big win there for educators who use AI applications. And for learners, I mean, it's obvious the big gain is going to be increasing the accessibility to education. And that will mean potentially a virtual tutor available 24-7, 365 on any topic potentially there to assist them. You know, if they've got a question or they need tutorship or guidance or they're stuck, they need ideas. I think they're the, the big gains there. I'd love to know what you think about the potential loss of work for many people due to AI, like what you think might happen or what you think needs to happen in that area. Yeah, well, look, it's no secret that the machines are coming. They've been coming for our jobs for quite some time and, and it's happening already. There's a recent report put out by the OECD um, and it says something on the lines that around 30% of our jobs will be displaced in the next five years. So that sounds pretty terrifying. But, um, you know, I think in whole, you know, the job threat will vary by industry or sector. And for a lot of us, it won't mean we will be out of work, but we may need to upskill or reskill, or there may be some sort of sideways movement. Yeah, I think overall, there won't be a, uh, a net loss of human jobs. We just, many of us will, will be doing or need to be doing things sometime very soon. Manufacturing is an obvious example, and it's been happening for decades, you know, where that's been automated by, by robots. And, and, and robots are just one component of artificial intelligence, right? That's a very broad, that's a broad area, and it includes applications and the intelligence behind it as well, not just the, the kind of robots that have been synonymous with it, right, for decades. I, I think law, medicine, and finance, these particular sectors are at risk of automation as well, to be honest, you know, in, in the short to midterm. But but us as educators in our sector, I, I sense we're relatively safe if we adopt AI and are prepared to upskill. Um, the, the key here, I mean, we as humans, we need to differentiate ourselves from machines to stay relevant in our jobs and organisations into the future. That's the key thing. We've got to, we've got to continue to be human, but on the same token, you know, we need to upskill and, and learn to embrace AI and adopt it effectively and use it, you know, to better the quality of education that we're delivering. Um, going back to that OECD report, it talks about, you know, the recent developments in AI have increased the demand for two broad skill sets. Firstly, the skills to develop the AI applications. And then secondly, uh, the skills required to use those AI systems. Um, very few of us would fall into the first category of skill sets. You know, they're the really deep technical knowledge um, and skills and understandings to, to, to build and maintain the AI systems, right? So, you know, very small percentage. I think the majority of us fall into the second uh, skill set and, you know, that we will need the skills to adopt and interact and effectively use the AI applications. So, of course, you know, we're going to need the basic knowledge of AI, what it is and how it works. We're going to need, as we do already, um, digital literacy skills, you know, so the ability to use a, 
computing device or a smartphone, you know, a range of cognitive skills, so you know, skills of analysis, problem solving, critical thinking and judgment, and then some other skills around creativity, communication, teamwork, multitasking. Again, this is all rec- according to that report. And, and look, to be honest, many of us uh, involved in education and using technology already would would have uh, many or most of those skills. So we're well positioned to harness AI and use it effectively in our jobs and organisations. Awesome. I'm really glad we talked about that because I think you're right. Being a bit flexible and being willing to sidestep is really important, especially in tech. There's always something else. It's always changing, moving, growing. A lot of people have gone from learning in person to a hybrid environment or a completely online environment. And all things considered, it was relatively successful, you know? So I think that that's another thing to think about when framing AI. That's a really great point. And I love that you brought it up about jobs being changed, growing, but the human touch is so important. If anyone thinks back to a time in their life where they've learned something, whether it's from a parent or a friend or in a formal education setting, they're thinking about the person, not necessarily the information shared, but the relationship with that person. That relationship is really important. I'd love to talk about underserved communities. It's really important that um, we, we think about people that don't have as much access to education and how can we help them. It's important to us to bridge that divide. I'd love to know what you think about how AI can help to address that disparity in the educational space with underserved communities. Definitely. Look, AI has the potential to, to bridge that gap, bridge that digital divide. I mean, for, for learners... As I mentioned, I mean, it, it could well act as an AI tutor on a range of topics, you know, be it creative writing or mathematics, languages, computer coding. That could be, you know, with these underserved communities, I mean, it could be somewhere remote. Obviously, it's contingent on a smart device and an internet connection of, of some sort, but maybe the AI may be able to serve these underserved communities where, where there isn't a school or there isn't a teacher with that particular training or knowledge or qualification. That unlocks so many possibilities. For educators, uh, the AI is going to assist more so as a mentor with the learning design, you know, the bigger things such as the curriculum design down to, you know, the kind of the course, the activity, the resources and the assessment. On the same token, you know, educators may not have all the knowledge and skills that they need. So for them to be able to to lean on a, a virtual assistant to deliver more impactful education to their learners um, through through AI, that's, you know, that's that's powerful. So many possibilities here, you know, with this. I mean, on the same token, I, I think as far as the digital divide is concerned, I mean, I mean, what we've just said there is all about, you know, bridging that gap. But there's, we've got to recognise there's the potential that AI could, could deepen that gap or divide. I mean, much like with the internet and its advent, it, it came along and, you know, it was, a, it was a new technology, a new thing, and, well, we needed a smart device to be able to use it. Uh, we needed digital literacy skills, um, you know, to to harness the internet and make the most of it, whether it's for research or education or or, or work or communication and so forth. So, the AI, um, you know, the advent of AI posits, a, you know, a similar challenge. Again, we're going to need internet. We're going to need the smart device, um, digital literacy, plus, you know, another layer of requisites here in AI skills. As I said before, you know, we need to know what AI is, how it works. And, and have skills around critical thinking and evaluation and, and judgment to, to make the most of it, whether we're the educators trying to implement it in our jobs and organisations or whether we're the learners trying to work out what's real or what's fake, you know, what's fact or what's fiction as we're, you know, researching 
um, and, and trying to learn. You reminded me, we just actually launched a Moodle Academy course, which is about AI basics for educators. So that's an interesting one to for people to consider as well. Okay, I'd love to know about what applications of AI you've seen in your work. We haven't really talked about your work yet. We've talked about all these broader concepts, but I'd love to know about some real-world applications. There's so much happening in the AI space at the minute. Much of it's applicable to education and there's much of it happening outside of the education space as well, You know, whether we talk about law or medicine or finance or, or other industries and sectors. But look, as, as far as education is concerned, I mean, uh, you know, the obvious one that comes up all the time is, is ChatGPT. Um, you know, it uses a large language model to create a brain that uh, responds to questions that humans ask of it. Certainly, it's got its place in education for, you know, educators. It'll act as a, a mentor uh, for, for learners. It'll act more as a, a tutor. Um, you know, I'm concerned to see that some schools and universities have come straight out of the gates and, and banned AI tools such as ChatGPT, and I think that's really just a little bit myopic, and, and they're not understanding this new technology and its potential. I mean, you know, there's there's challenges, there's risks here with it for sure, with anything new such as such as AI. But where there's a challenge, there's an opportunity, right? I mean, more specifically in the Moodle space, I mean, the the kind of things going on, you know, learning analytics um, has been baked into Moodle Core for for many versions now. You know, and it uses machine learning predictive models such as students at risk of dropping out. And, and what it does, I mean, it assists educators to make informed decisions and intervene in a timely manner. So, you know, it's it's trained on massive data sets and, and really helps educators, you know, support and encourage and ensure their, their learners continue to be engaged with their courses, their online courses in particular, when it can be a bit challenging and tricky to know if students are active and participating and engaged and, you know, logging in, submitting poster forums or submitting assignments and so forth. So learning analytics has been there um, for quite some time. You know, one of the benefits, obviously, of open source, um, such as Moodle, beyond, you know, the the community we talked about there before is this extensibility. And and Moodle has uh, more than a few thousand third-party plugins that have been contributed that um, any any uh, Moodle administrator can install and configure and set up for their end users. So there's a few there already that relate to AI. Um, so if you go to moodle.org forward slash plugins and you search open AI, these will come up. Uh, you've got a, um, a chat block. So what that chat block does, it provides uh, Moodlers 24-7 chat support, AI support on their Moodle site. So you can put this block uh, pretty much anywhere you'd put a block in your Moodle at the moment, you know, on the home, the dashboard, the course page. And there's options to customize the persona of the AI assistant. You know, the prompt you give it will influence the text that it outputs. So, you know, you could tell it that it's a, an expert Moodle support agent assisting administrators, educators and learners in a, in a school or university or workplace setting, for example. There is a, a AI text-to-image plugin, and what that does, it delivers AI-generated images via the Moodle file picker. It uses DALI, and that's... Um, the sister project of ChatGPT from OpenAI. So, you know, you put in a text-based prompt or use some natural language description, and it very quickly, in a matter of seconds, it generates some images that you as an educator could use with your learners in your Moodle course, now, wherever you like. You know, it could be just uploaded as a file resource, or you could attach it to a forum, put it in a quiz, use it as an, an image on uh, a label, or, a, you know, it could supplement a section heading in your course. So there's, there's a few ways you could use 
those AI-generated images. And then there's another plugin, you know, the AI converts text to questions that you can use in your quiz. So again, it's using OpenAI, but essentially, um, you know, you give it a, a prompt or a, a, some sort of story or narrative and it generates the quiz questions. They go into your course question bank and you pick the ones you want to use in your quiz activity. So, I mean, each of these things could really help educators, um, certainly save them time, um, focus on, you know, the human interactions and the human facilitation, uh, you know, in their physical or blended or virtual classroom and helps them creatively and, and brings a fresh perspective to the learning experience design as well. So I think all of those things are good. You've already kind of given some incredible advice, but I'd love to know if there's one piece of advice you could give to educators who are looking to embrace AI and technology as part of learning. What would that advice be? Jeez, uh, probably a fair bit of advice. I, th- I think maybe three things. But look, I mean, we've got to acknowledge, of course, AI is everywhere. Um, many of us are already using it every day. It's a big trend. Big trend. You know, as big as the internet boom back in the 90s, if, if you remember back to then. So, you know, we really do need to pay attention. Um, the traditional education model, it's outdated, it's broken, it's ready for disruption. So AI presents us a gift that presents us the perfect opportunity to reimagine education as we know it. You know, the advice is this. I mean, as educators, we to stay relevant, we need to embrace AI to differentiate ourselves from the machines. So there's three things we could do right away. Firstly, reskill for AI. So that may mean reading a book. It may mean, you know, enrolling in a course or attending a conference. I mean, a, a good conference to attend would be uh, a Moodle moot, in, you know, whether it's a global moot or a moot in your part of the world. If you're looking for an AI-related book or course, I reckon a great place to start would be prompt engineering. You know, that will help you use the right natural language descriptions and text-based prompts to interact with AI tools such as ChatGPT and DALI. Secondly, we need to adopt artificial intelligence in our jobs and organisations with the intention of improving the overall quality of education. And thirdly, and, and perhaps most importantly, we need to encourage and support our learners so that they positively engage with AI. I'd say that is, you know, that's the challenge, but you know, we're up for it, as I said. It's presenting us as educators the perfect opportunity to, to rethink education as we know it. I think it's really important to talk about that improving quality in the education space. That's where the opportunity lies. And it was so great to speak with you, Chad. Thank you so much. I would love if you could tell the listeners where to find you and connect with you and my learning space. Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, our website, mylearningspace.com.au. LinkedIn, you'll find us there. We've got a company page. Uh, you can reach out to me, contact me directly via LinkedIn as well on my personal page. Thanks, Lucy, for the invitation and, and great to talk with you today. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs>